0: crowdfunding is a beast. It's been around for about 10 years. People hopping on the internet asking for money and hoping to God they can get something fully funded so that they can go make this passion project of theirs. It's tough. I've been there. I've done it. I've never fully 100% got something funded, but I made a lot of really positive strides while doing a crowdfunding campaign. And with those failures I've had, if that's even what you want to call them, I've also Taken a look at other people's crowdfunding campaign and been inspired by them maybe even secretly taking some notes if i gotta do one down the road and one caught my eye recently when mariana and lucy texted a short film that's in pre-production right now has a crowdfunding campaign on seed and spark everything about the promotional content on the project captured my eye maybe it's because it takes place in 2006 and i was a teenager at that time so there's a lot of aesthetics in the look and feel of what they're going for in this film that really intrigued me. So, through some connections I have, I was able to link up with the filmmakers behind this. And I let them basically take over the show for an episode and pitch to you, the listener, their project and their cause and where they come from as filmmakers. I hope you really enjoy it. And, once the episode's done, if you dig the project the crowdfunding campaign on seedenspark.com is in the show notes so you can just click and just maybe send them a little little something to help keep them going anyway welcome to the basement everybody Hey, Luisa and Ruth. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to the basement.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having us.
0: Thank I'm. You. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited to have you two here because uh, your project. Well, basically, the reason why I got you two here, I wanted to talk the project you two are working on, and it's really caught my eye. I think through Ruth's husband posted about it on social media, and. I mean, I'll touch on this a little later on the show and um, but something just about like the the graphics of it and the the logo art. I don't know. It just kind of tickled my fancy. <laughs> I guess it was just I don't know. Like it just I didn't like I didn't even really know what it was about. It, like the title kind of jumped out at me. And I mean, from someone who's tried to do crowdfunding multiple times, hasn't really gotten the goal they wanted, but still went through the process. Yeah. I always try to just keep an eye out for who else is crowdfunding that pops up on my radar that jumps out at me. And you two have a project and that's what we're here to talk yeah. about. So the show is yours. What what are we talking about here tonight? Well, so, you,
2: uh, oh, you
1: go,
0: Ruthie, please. Oh, sorry, oh, yeah, this is, introduce
2: you, Lisa. this <laughs> is, is the
0: first time I've had like multiple sure. guests on, so it might get a little <laughs> wild.
2: Thank you for, for giving us a... Uh, Uh, A notice with our crowdfunding campaign. It's like
0: you guys, you two are doing good.
2: I think it's going well, and you know, all those graphics, that color palette, that's all Louisa. She's done everything. I mean, she knows the story she wants to tell, like down in her bones. So she's just all of this, like all this artwork and all of the like the whole theme of our content is just she just likes spits it out in a day she's like this is what, how I want it to look you know and she's super talented so it's really great when you're like you're a filmmaker but then you know you're working with someone who can just make graphics like in a day and she edits and it's like it's just really great to be so close to it and watch it all unfold like this so beautifully um, oh thank you so much Ruthie. I love working with you Louisa oh, this has been a great experience oh. come what may you know <laughs> Uh, I'm really, I'm really psyched about this. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you take the, um, lead Louisa, but, um.
1: Yeah. So, uh, we are actually crowdfunding right now for a short film called when Mariana and Lucy met, uh, texted. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Right.
2: She told me she, yeah, you had a specific reason for not naming it that.
1: Yeah. Well, we do, we've talked about, uh, you and I, about the title, uh, of the film and how we. We like it, and sometimes we don't like it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But the title of the film, it's always, like, it's something that it always comes, like, at the end to me. That's what, or at least when I'm writing the script. Um, But, yeah, we are crowdfunding for When Mariana and Lucy Texted, which is a short film about two girls who meet online, and they fall madly in love. They have a long-distance relationship for a while. And then uh, Mariana has to move further away in that, you know brings their relationship to an end and then some things happen and then we have a happy night a happy ending i don't want to give it away but of course um, not no no <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that i'm really uh proud about actually making this project is i'm actually giving uh the lesbian couple a good happy ending that is not in a balancing on a thread of what society might think Mm (laughs) um so pardon
2: said well said
1: yeah so um that is what the project is about it's a 15 minute uh script and it has a lot of I was thinking earlier today because I know I was going to record this this podcast about (laughs) if I could like define in like words that the audience could like easily imagine or not maybe not the audience, but someone that knows about film um, a lot. um, How could this imagine this? So imagine like it's like the picture is done by David Lynch, but it's a simple story written by Grinch and later, And then Mm. it has like the sauciness of Nora Ephron so it's I'm on board. What like, that is, the
0: movie? <laughs> no, this is, this is cool. Cause like I've only seen from what I've seen on Instagram. I, I think I popped in on a couple of your, your guys's Instagram live and, and then I got kicked off cause I was getting yelled at to do some cleaning in the kitchen by my wife, <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, like that's kind of, it's kind of cool to hear you do like a deep dive on what your inspirations are and stuff. And that's, kind of a springboard before we really kind of go hog wild on the project and everything and I, I just i always like to talk filmmaker to filmmaker with whoever i'm talking to what even if it's not filmmakers even if it's in front of the camera talent and whatnot but what and you're from you're from venezuela right yes Yes. I am. yes. okay uh mm. I, I what what are your like inspirations. What, what's, what, I mean, hear David Lynch and Rin- Richard Linklater, that is awesome. Cause those guys are definitely in my, uh, I don't know, top, whatever, but they're, they're <laughs> insane, amazingly great filmmakers, but what are, what are, what are just, I don't know. What do you pull from? Like what, what kind of, you know, just go, I'm, I'm talking too so, much. <laughs> uh,
1: so I I've always been uh, inclined into media like I've always been into storytelling. Um, I went to school, I like, got a bachelor's degree in journalism and I wanted to do documentaries and I wanted to be a war correspondent and oh, like I was really into, and I, I am still really into politics. And then I saw Mulholland Drive and that I was like insanely sucked in and absorbed and obsessed By that movie for years (laughs) and that made me change between documentary to more fiction um so then uh, I moved to Australia um running away from Venezuela politics and all that yeah Uh, and I did um, a master's degree there in um, film and that's where like I actually got to really explore my filmmaking side because back in Venezuela even though I was Um, I knew that's what I wanted to do I didn't have the opportunity to do it there when I was there I really had to work for like 11 and like to really make ends meet so I was just like doing weddings and doing um, social events and so I didn't have to and you know those kind of videos you always have like there's a script you know you have that you follow right. So I didn't have the chance to explore my creativity there until I moved to Australia. And that's when I actually got to direct in more. Um, I did a couple of short films there and I did um, edit in some uh, short films as well there. And then I moved here to the United States. And then in my search for being on set, I stumbled into the art department and I was an RPA for a while in, a lot of indie movies around here, feature films. And that's how I I actually met Sean. Um, He was my boss for a lot of movies. It was a lot of fun. Um, And then, yeah, that's how it's been progressing. I actually, this project would be my my first uh, directional uh, short film since I moved here to the States from Australia. So that's been like a few years, (laughs) like seven years the journey yeah it takes it takes time just to like get here and like i didn't know anyone in the film industry here like literally no one uh i moved here by by uh personal reasons and uh, so i was just like i went into facebook i found film groups okay so let's make friends and i just started to talk to people and i that's how i got a job and that's how it all started
0: all right (laughs) interesting Uh, Ruth, you're not off the hook. What's your What's your story?
2: Well, I thought this was gonna be about Louisa.
0: I I mean, yeah. it's about both of you. It's about both of you. I mean. Um,
2: <laughs> well, I've been on the acting side of things for the most part. Um, uh, I met Sean when I was around Boston, kind of like auditioning for indie films, and um, but I spent most of my time in New. I'm from Massachusetts but I moved to New York right after high school and I went to study fine art at the school of visual school of visual arts. Um, and I dropped out after a year. Um,
0: I dropped out of college too. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I dropped out of college cause I was get, starting to get gigs on like film sets here and there and like commercial yeah. shoots. So I was like, I, yeah. I remember having the talk with my parents and just, they're like, all right, if you can make this work, make it work. And it worked for a while, but yeah, Anyway, go, you're sorry.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, not everyone's story is linear. And um, I kind of wish I thought about that more, like leaving high school than like, you know, do I have to go to school right now? Or anyway, I'm veering off my path. Um, So I was kind of lost for a little while. I dropped out of school and I didn't go back for a while. And I was kind of like, um, I don't know, I was kind of lost. And then I ended up at City College in Harlem and I was going to study communications in journalism oh,
0: and I, was,
2: I was like I took like one class and I was like this is not gonna fucking work <laughs> <laughs> nope this isn't gonna work either um and I don't remember if I met someone walking around campus or no I'm pretty sure I, this was all my doing but I arrived at the theater department and then I just made that my major like that day I was like fuck it if I'm gonna get a degree like I have no idea I had nothing to lose at that point I guess And then I just got totally, um, wrapped up in it. And I, it was like, oh, like, this is where I belong kind of thing. Um, but you know, it wasn't like, I'm going to graduate and be an actor. You know, I wanted that, but I wasn't really ready. So I kind of quit acting a bunch of times and I did real estate. I did, um, always, always a bartender, always a bartender somewhere, um, and where am I going with this? Um, I got back-
0: Side hustles. <laughs> so I've been like in and out
2: of doing indie films for a long time, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. I finally got some formal training. And then a career started taking shape. And then I um, got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm in a uh, pandemic, like baby pandemic. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to learn to write now. <laughs> mm. And, uh, and I met Louisa and, um, through Sean, and I've been, like, sending her my early infantile scripts.
1: Oh, they're not infantile.
2: They're great. Thank you. Um, and then, you know. They're so yes. you. <laughs> <laughs> they're so me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: so you, you wrote a lot during the lockdown, is what you're what you saying.
2: Yeah, I kind of, like, put my uh, attention there. Um, yeah. So I just started teaching my – I started reading scripts – watching pilots. And then I was like watching the 10 minutes of a pilot, the first five minutes of a pilot. And I was just really trying to get a map down. Um, and then, so I did a big story structure dive. (laughs) So, you know, there's been that, and then there's also trying to figure out what, you know, what story I want to write. So I had time, I had time to sit and write every day and really try to figure it out. So, um, Louisa, helped me and you know Sean you met him he's like a big supporter he's like a big cheerleader and he's like um really really supportive and so when Louisa needed help to um well Louisa asked me to help her and I was like what
0: no that's no that that's oh, that's cool because I think a lot of just I, I mean I'm in the same booth. Boot. <laughs> you're in the same again. booth I'm in the same booth <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I won't cut that part out. Uh, I, I was in the same boat a year and a half ago. I mean, I've been writing, I'm just giving you guys all, cause this is the first time we've all met or I've met you too. I mean, I've been writing screenplays, uh, since I knew you could do that, whether, you know, so I, but I remember when everything shut down and I just remember going, all right, I got like three scripts I've been toying with that. I have never actually started typing up and I, I want to say it was, it was, this is kind of corny, but there was a a social, a, an Instagram post by like John Carpenter, who's one of my favorite filmmakers. And he just had like a stack of his scripts of like Halloween, the thing uh, they live Christine. And it was like, now's and he, he, he said like, now's your time to write your script. And I was like, yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I just, I was, I was at it for like, two months straight just so that I didn't go insane how
1: did it go for you
0: Uh, how did it go um it uh I got through I mean I wrote like I want to say three or four shorts and I want to say I got like two or three features in
1: amazing
0: two of them I haven't revisited since I wrote them so I don't know what the hell like is actually that's still there.
1: pretty good. That and is amazing.
0: They, I actually, I'm not trying to make this about me, I'm, <laughs> but <laughs> I made a short film while we were in like two weeks into quarantine. Cause I there just, you go.
1: that's great.
0: It was literally just about a cleaning robot in my house. <laughs> and I almost had it like pretend that it came to life and started watching TV. Cause one day I was watching like these screensavers of beautiful nature shots on my TV. And I just, I guess I was fleshing out my existential dread of being in lockdown that I had this robot, this cleaning robot, just drive up onto the couch <laughs> and watch these vi- and like, people got it.
1: But like, awesome. Oh, people, it's awesome. like.
0: I remember my sister-in-law what? was just like, this is depressing. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I know. Like some people thought it was hilarious, but
2: right. yeah. like, so is life.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. We'd love to watch that
1: short film. That's awesome.
0: I'll, uh, I'll send yeah. it your way. I know you followed me on uh, on Instagram and I don't think I followed back, but I will. But
2: um, <laughs> I noticed uh, that you haven't followed back, Tyler.
0: I'm, oh my God, I'm on this. I don't spot.
1: notice those things. I, don't I to, really yeah. don't.
0: I don't <laughs> notice, like, I don't know. I've done a lot of unfollowing too in the past, like, two years. So.
1: Oh, I have a thing too that it's actually critical. I have a thing where, like, once a year I have to, like, clean all my social media and I just mm-hmm. have to get rid, like I feel like I have ants crawling on me when I have like because you feel those numbers, like 600, 700 friends. And it's like, and they're all looking at me. Oh dear. Oh, that's what <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. That's yeah. how I feel. Yeah. I just have to like, not too much. Too many eyes on me. And then like, here's the thing, no one's watching me. No one's like, <laughs> <laughs> no one cares. They? No one cares. It's all in my head. That's the way it it's makes sense. It's all you in smile. my head.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I saw. Like, I remember. Oh, I, I had look like at this person's content anymore, but
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I saw. I had like thirteen hundred followers one time, like four years ago. Or no, I was following like thirteen. I don't know, if, vice versa. But I was like, yeah, I got a clean house. I don't know that many people, I and know. they not and not that many people know me. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always um, just like
2: to think if something um, is like serving me anymore. Like if like if I keep seeing someone's content. Um, That's true. You know, it's just not helping me these days, and it's not like a close friend or a family member. I'm like, okay, bye, because I want to see things that inspire me these days. For like, you know, if you can follow whoever you want, you can curate your own feed. Like, I just want it to inform me and to serve me, and not because some uh, we all there's been a lot of, you know, like static or what's (laughs) a lot of extra noise. yeah Yeah. there's too much
0: noise right now you know too much noise yeah no definitely I've I've seen uh just like Instagram pages pop up that I don't even know I followed of some of them are like cool like they're little production houses somewhere in the world and they're making stuff but I just go like I don't I don't remember following this and (laughs) I don't know anyway um so just kind of real quick like uh, Louisa you mentioned David Lynch and you know a couple oh. others but like what are, what kind of what are your favorite like filmmakers or what movies do you kind of go back to to study I mean you you actually mm-hmm. mentioned Holland Drive but like what else
1: um to be honest right now I'm really on, on into TV shows TV shows are the things that I'm like studying from um beginning to end I am obsessed with everything that Mike Flanagan is writing. (laughs) I just can't get over it. Like, like I got all his scripts and I'm like reading him. Like, I think he's a genius in the way he presents his stories and like the foreshadowing and all like he's writing. I think it's, and then the way he shots everything. So from from script to screen, (sighs) I'm like, I really love him right now. So I'm, I'm like really into that into Mike Flanagan right now um
0: he's kind of the next generation of guys who can really do Stephen King I feel
1: yeah like no one thought you could
0: make Gerald's game and then Netflix did it and it was like holy shit he did Gerald's game which is in pretty much predominantly one location but yeah um,
1: yeah yeah that was that's actually fantastic I I actually love that movie I love her. What's her name? Um, I'm really bad with, with names. And she's, she's, on also too.
2: On,
1: she's on Hill House, too. Yeah, yeah it's... Right? Uh,
0: yeah. I have a friend...
1: Something with a C.
0: Oh, my God, I have like a friend something? who, like, Carla? always knows it. Carla, think, yeah, something yeah. like that. Carla Giugio? Carla
1: Gioma. G- 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 I don't know, but she's great. She She's amazing. I really like her. She was on Watchmen, right?
0: Yeah, uh, she was in the movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah,
1: in the movie, watch Yeah,
0: she works. And the
1: TV show, that TV show was fantastic too. The writing of that show was, I mean, but what can we expect? Yeah.
2: Oh, that was one of my favorites of all the shows I binged. You know. Yeah.
1: So yeah, right now my inspiration is coming a lot from uh, from TV. Yes, not as much as uh, I. Not that I do not like movies, but I feel like lately the movies I just they don't. Maybe I'm, it's me growing old, and like you know, this thing of like you don't want to let go of your past, and like there's no new good music, you know, and only the '90s. I don't Back know. Back in my day, like that. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if it's my age, but I feel like there are very rare movies that are coming in. That I'm like, that are coming out, that I'm like, oh yeah, that's a great movie, and this is a great filmmaker. That I'm like, there are very few ones. Um, I feel like the 90s, I, there were a bunch of them. They were like in the 80s that you feel like, oh, I can't wait for this and this and that. And we, ha- we I'm more on the TV side now with that. So been waiting for a lot of uh, Mike Flanagan stumps. And yeah, like, like I said, I'm like obsessed with, and there's this, um, there's this TV show, it's a Spanish TV show that was written by um, a couple of uh, two guys they they're both named Javier, so they name their names are Los Javis, uh, and they uh, they have really great TV shows and um, they started with a TV uh, with a musical and they they turned that play into a TV show and that was fantastic. And then last year they did a, another show that it was bought by HBO and right now it's on HBO Max. It's called Veneno. And I'm also being obsessed with that show. That's I've been literally between Mike Flanagan and Los Javis, just like rewatching everything they do over and over and over. Like I've seen Hill House and Bly Manor and Venom, each of them at least five times, all the, the seasons. They're just so good. I love, and because I've also like studied them with like, I download their scripts and I read all the scripts. Um, I can compare how it goes from um, from writing to the screen, and that's what's just so interesting to me, that TV right now gives you so much um, time so you can write those arcs and you can really go slowly and easy. <laughs> that I really like right now, yeah.
0: I feel you. TV's definitely a lot more cinematic than it once was. Yes. It seems. Um, yeah. Ruth, real quick, what are you watching? Right
2: now, at this moment,
0: but no, <laughs> in general,
2: I'm always streaming. I'm like, like, know. what, what
0: are you, what are you pulling from these days for inspiration, basically?
2: You know, um, it was, I, it's been a while now that it's been out, but I'm still, I still think about Killing Eve a lot. <laughs> I think about it a lot. Um, I, I think about the clothing it, a it. lot. I wow. think about Sandra Oh a lot. Um, I just, awesome. I loved that show so much. Um, and I you know anything? Well, in Fleabag too, I don't want to see any say anything Phoebe Waller does. But mm-hmm. those were I.
1: But can I you don't tell the difference them. between mm-hmm. season one and season two of Killing Eve? Is there a difference? Because, mm-hmm. because the first season was written by Phoebe, but the mm-hmm. second one wasn't, and I can totally tell the difference. I I thought the second season was a little bit less, like more dull.
2: The one, and just the, gonna see, say the one is, season one is there's so much fun. playful. Yes, like, it was more. It was definitely more chaotic and more playful, and I those are qualities I definitely see in Phoebe. Um, I'm not saying I didn't dislike the second season. I like it no. and I like the way it ended. I thought it was like, but I it did have um, more of a direction. Let's say, mm-hmm. you know, I could like they were. The exciting part was that they were never really getting close to each other in the first season until you know. I can't spoil it. Um, but in the second one, I don't know, there was something about learning more about her, which made me feel, know that it was going to end. Huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Learning more about um, Villanelle. Anyway, I really love that. I really love things that are dark, um, but also really funny. It's, you know, that sums it up. No, oh, I
0: gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> All right. I still haven't seen uh, killing eve um i don't know i know it's on my to-do list but i'll get around to it you
2: get around to it
0: uh <laughs> yeah, it's good, it's, um, good. It's, it's worth
1: a watch anything that i well, not anything but a lot of the things that bbc
0: yes. uh, does
1: are so good orphan yeah. black was so good orphan too. black was yo yes. yeah. uh,
0: i love that one <laughs> um so what i brought you you two here for. let's um i don't know let's expand a little bit on the uh conversation how did how did this i'll start with you luisa how did this project really start i mean you probably touched on it a little bit in the very beginning but what got you into wanting to make this film
1: all right so it's funny because when pandemic uh started right just like everyone we just like oh they want to reinvent themselves and they wanted to you know like you, you wanna go back to all your scripts. So that was my idea too. I have a few, um, a couple of scripts that I'm still working on. Uh, <laughs> and I wanted to revisit those scripts. And while I was revisiting those scripts, there was like this idea hit me in the back of my head and I just couldn't get rid of it. So I it literally, I just wrote this short film in maybe like a week or two of the pandemic last July. And I thought it was such a great idea so I presented it to my friend um, Jennifer Potts, who is a screenwriter and a film director, and um, I showed her the script. She loved it, and we started to like uh, work on the script and you know making it more uh, develop developing more the script more for maybe for a production to see how how that will go right, if it was feasible or not, and. That took us uh, maybe uh, like a little bit of like six months, and then I was I decided that um, that it was time that I go back to direct it and that I had a perfect story that I think it was needed and I still think it's need it's 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 needed right now because like we were talking about before it, there's just so much um, noise right now outside. So much um, BS, um, so much edginess, everything, it's about anti-hero, everything, it's about um, the things that get popular are, are just about hate. It's so hard to actually get something um, good news uh, to be amplified. It's always the bad news that seems to be the ones that are amplified, the ones that give us an anxiety and that give us uh, more conflicted feelings and I think it's we're we as human beings are not really prepared right now to be taken on so much we are taking on like with especially with like the way that we live in the world right now with reading news from Instagram and Facebook that we don't know where they're coming from they're like all over the world we just have like this heaviness that it's just so much we I don't think we are Who says that we are prepared to actually take on so much? I don't think so. I think that's one of the reasons why Ted Lasso has been so successful because it's such a, like, brings joy and war feelings and, like, makes you feel fussy inside and just, like, good, you know? Like, we are, I think we need to go back to those good-feeling movies and, you know, from the 80s and, like, that at the end, that makes us feel like, you know... Rosy and, and just f- good about ourselves and um, about the world, and not just like oh, of course that we it's going about it's always about cheating or um, someone like I feel like and maybe it's because uh, it's a little bit of a burnout of the, all the projects that I've been working on as well. I feel like <clears throat> excuse me, all the movies that I also work are always about action. And just always and I do props. So it's always like guns and like, <laughs> so it's like, no, no, how many guns are we gonna have in a, like, like? let's get rid of guns. Guns are not, guns actually are lazy, lazy writing, I believe. They gave a lot of power to the person that they're holding it and it's it's actually not fair. That's not actually that's one of the takeaways from, that I've learned from um, uh, reading and watching just Whedon, is that guns? If you get if you can get away from guns, it's way better than anything. Like guns actually bring the script down. It's actually your lazy in. And um, yeah, I feel like we actually need more like good love stories that make you feel yeah feel good about yourself. And I don't think it's just me. Like again, like Ted Lasso, like that success. It's because of something. We we just have too much anxiety outside the world, and we just want to watch something that distracts us and makes us feel good. And that's why I, I said like we need to make this movie. Like I need to make this movie for for my for my my group for my community. Um, and yeah, I think um, at the end of the day. Everyone, even though it's a lesbian love story, I think it's very, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's a story that everyone's gonna make, it's gonna feel related to it, especially after a pandemic because we've been living this online life, you know? And this story is about two girls who meet online and trying to have a rela- relationship like that. So it, it's just, it's very universal at the moment.
0: Yeah, no, d- definitely. That was from the description on the Seed and Spark um, campaign page. There's a you mentioned one thing, I don't know who was who wrote it all in, but um, something about uh, I'm paraphrasing, I apologize if I get it kind of wrong, inclusiveness with representation on screen, yeah. and how sometimes, like, I mean, this goes all the way to the top with like the big multi million dollar shows and films you know, lately it's, to me sometimes, and I don't know, I'm taking a risk here, to me it seems like they'll put it in something just to say that they did it and they're not even really trying to, like, put meaning behind it. And I think one thing you mentioned when you wrote, it just stuck out to me that you're actually trying to really prove a point with these characters and the fact that they're both minorities, right? I believe they're both yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah totally. Um, there's a, and, and, and- that's totally something that I am very passionate about because there seems to be like a disconnection of between representation and presence. That's what
0: you are, said. Yes. they okay. not
1: the same. So it seems like everyone is like uh, doing like a quota kind of thing. I'm like, Oh, I have presence. Every there's, there's a gay character in every TV show right now. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, there's your representation. I mean, Yes and no, it's not the same. Um, they are, the, the gay characters are usually used as um, comical relief. Um, there are not, they're, they're, their characters, is not really developed. The, and then it happens the same with um, characters of color, like um, um, women of color and Latino uh, and Latinx um, characters on the screen. Here's the thing, there is one thing that I actually want to really, really, between about minorities that I wanna bring to the audience in, I feel like the United States, they seem to believe that when you say Latino or, or Hispanic, they always tend to think about Mexicans or Puerto Ricans or just like this area that they 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 know and there is so much of Latinidad uh in that there it's like saying the United States it's it's they're all the same I mean the United States it's a melting pot just like Australia you know there is there are so many communities that actually make what America is that's exactly how Latin American is let's. Exactly right, uh, what it is. There seems to be like this idea that I want to disconnect the um, the the United States audience from that, and I want to show a different um, kind of Latino. That's why the music is so important for me for this uh, this show for this uh um, short film. Um, they like, for example, they always tend to. Um, made like if you think, if you think about a Latina woman on the screen of TV or, or, or a movie here in the United States, she usually has the, the hoops, the red lips, you know, the flowery dress, and she loves salsa and she loves, I mean, that's not me. And that doesn't make me any less Latina. I don't wear earrings. I don't wear red uh, lipstick. I don't, dance salsa, I don't dance, like that's not the kind of music that I uh, grew up listening. I grew up listening to Spanish rock and British pop. Like I was just like, you know what I mean? There is, I, not that I'm saying that that's not um, part of my culture. There is, there is like gaita music that I listen and you, you know what I mean? But we are not as different as people think that we are, you know what I mean? So that's why the rock music in the 90s rock music in this uh, short film, it's it's so important. And it's one of the things I actually, after I finished writing the script, one of the first things that I did was get together with a composer and write the music first, even before I got together with my DP, because the sound of the movie, it's like 70% of the movie and it, it's, um, I think I lost a little bit of my point right here. but uh,
0: <laughs> It's all good. What, I,
1: what I really wanted to show is like, there's a difference um, between presence and representation. And I really want to do a healthy representation of not just a lesbian couple, but also about uh, minority groups. And I, that, that's also one of the things that I have all my cast it's minority, and um, that's something that I, I, I really want to emphasize. In all of them, even the my um, secondary characters are really well developed. They there's a reason why they're in the scene. They have a purpose. They have a need, and they have a want. They are not just there so my main characters can just bounce their ideas back. Mm-hmm. They so. I, it's very important for me not to do that because representation actually matters. And as a a filmmaker with TVs and and films, we have a responsibility of creating culture. We're not just creating TVs and and stories. We actually creating culture. And when we create this culture, we are responsible of doing it with respect to the community that we are giving this culture to and we have to be truthful we have to be uh inspired and we have to be insightful of this the the ideas that we're given to them we can't just throw them because then just just do a variety show in an entertainment show which they all have their space you know right. but that's not what we want right now we actually want to change the narrative narrative and we want to um Inspire our community to be who they want to be. Yeah. Is that that is
0: a, any no, I, that, <laughs>
2: I'm so sorry. That was no, a fine. mic drop I think, um,
0: moment. Mm-hmm. I would uh, I would um, give a round of applause right now, but I don't want the audio levels to peak. That was <laughs> no, that was Ruth. You're gonna say something. Sorry, I didn't cut you off.
2: That's okay. You, you know, Luis and I have been talking about this for a while. We've been we've been talking about it with guests on Instagram and and um with each other and, and the, the whole pre-production of this um, film. And, um, you know, people keep saying, like, thank God for art and thank God for storytelling, especially in this past year, because what is what is everyone going to? Um, and that is true. But what Luisa said is also very true, because stories do dictate culture and instruct people on how to treat other people sometimes by by who the heroes are and who the bad guys are. Right. And children see, I'm not going to try to get too preachy, but you know, we've been focused on this, but kids, kids watch shows and they get inspired and they see their life play out and it, it inspires them to see possibilities in their life, you know, and I, and it's, um, can really dictate how someone sees themselves and sees their value reflected back at them you know? So I just, that's what I wanted to say. Thank you. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I think that this is a really good time for that. I think it's, again, not to put too much wind in our sails. I just think it's, there are things that need to heal, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's, a lot of people have been left on the outskirts of our, you know, I'm, um, American capitalist society and they're suffering and you see it coming out of the woodwork more and more and, and you know Being an outcast or being other doesn't Have to go hand in hand with being you know a gay kid It's the stories that are reflected back in us that tell us where we fit in I think that's what really needs to be Heard when people talk about representation. It's like, you know, not just more black actors wanting jobs it's it's, it's yeah. about the audience you know it's um that's what that's what it comes down to we've been having really fun conversations about you know actors in fat suits and and you know uh, <laughs> how black radon chong feels these days
0: yeah. <laughs> aren't you guys like close with her somewhat or she, I, I, I saw have
2: worked with her before and we've been friends with her she's the warmest person you meet her once and you're, you'd probably be her friend but we worked with her once and we kept in touch for years um and she had a lot to say about you know at being a woman and working in the film industry from the 80s until now you know so imagine how different it was then
0: i remember and i mean this probably isn't maybe i don't know her like you 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 do i mean i mean my first impression on her was commando with arnold schwarzenegger (laughs) but uh, (laughs) we did a me and a fellow filmmaker slash friend of mine did an episode of this show where we just kind of nerded out to that movie a little bit but one thing we brought up is you know i don't know if this was her trying to push through to the surface or it was actually how the script was i i don't know or direction but in an era of a lot of damsels and distresses in the 1980s mm-hmm. she holds her own and kicks some ass in that movie <laughs> yeah she does and i don't know i always i don't know i i've kind of when she pops up in time to time when i see her in something i'm like oh shit ray don chong and i mean i no anyway it's so just, cool that's my rant She's so but, cool. <laughs> it's
2: so fun. yeah and i can't wait to see um the clinton impeachment. what's it called impeachment impeachment thank you very much it started um, last week right
0: yeah did it? it did
2: yeah. i'm so out of touch right now. i
0: yeah. i love those uh the O.J. Simpson one was really good. I didn't see the uh, the Versace one, I think, but
2: I saw the Versace one. That was pretty good.
0: So anyway, I like it, actually, um, uh, you met also in the uh, on the campaign page, mm-hmm. and I touched on this a little bit in the beginning, but a lot of the like cinematography and aesthetic and production design of the movie kind of has its own again, I'm paraphrasing, but it feels like it has its own little special style. And obviously it worked on me uh, because I got you two on this show because I thought it was really cool. So just talk to me about the kind of the setup and the production design and what you're kind of looking for aesthetically.
1: So um, the production design is very particular because so the the short film, it's based in 2006. Um, So it's the early 2000s are like a very funny um, era to me, fashion wise and like... Um, yeah, I was a
0: teenager then. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> music wise, like everything was very, very funky. Um, but but the girls are really into the 90s themselves as the, uh, characters. So there's like this mix of things, of elements between 90s and early 2000s that is um so that's why there's like bright colors and um like the font of our film you can see it's like the nokia text
0: um, yeah i think that's what caught my attention yeah
1: so there is a lot of like retro elements that we're gonna have and they also kind of translate into our cinematography um i'm going with um very simple uh, camera movements of um, handheld and some uh, steadicams that are are just very subtle. I'm not, there's no like real, even though there is like a little montage scene, I'm not going with like camera flips and really like uh, elaborate uh, camera movements that a lot of short films have because, you know, they try to like, Keep, like do a lot of things in yeah. just a short time um i'm going like i, I guess that's a little bit of like the ring re- the reach and lick later part that it's more of a simple because it is a simple story it's literally two it's the classic story of girl meets girl you know <laughs> and they fall in love um so in in that aspect it, it is kind of simple but we are going with a lot of um funky colors in with the production design, a lot of pings and blues to define the girls. And um, they do certain certainly have their own, like, because we do go from like um, Mariana's um, world and then we have like this world of them together and then we move into Lucy's world. There's a, a little structure how the, the short film works. Um, that you can tell by the production design, the difference in you, between the characters into those worlds that you will go through. And it, you can tell, it, you, one of the, the, the good things I think that it's the major difference uh, in the production design is that you can tell the age difference between them. I mean, Mariana is a 19 year old girl just graduated from high school and um, Lucy, it's a 22 year old girl who works, been out of school for a long time. Like she dropped out and she got out of, of her house. You know, like there's like this clear difference between of who they are. And that's something that you will definitely be able to tell in the locations and in the production design when we go through the, the beats of
0: the short film. Interesting, because you can tell a lot about a story from a. This is generic to say, but I think as I get older, you can tell a lot from production design what the film's trying to tell you. There's yeah. always there's always a story. That that stuff kind of goes over my head from time to time, but I'll I'll watch something and once the credits roll. I go that you could really, there's something about the location. There's something about little things in the background that really told the story about the character. And I, I always, yeah. it always kind of, I don't know, makes you respect the kind of unsung voices of behind the scenes on a film. Yeah, so. And
1: I, I think it has to do like, I didn't use to think as much on those things before, like when I was uh, directing short films in Australia but I think it has to do with me moving and doing art department for the seven years that I've been here in the United States, um, that I've learned how to tell a story just by what kind of wallet the character has, you know, if the wallet is full with receipts, or is just empty, you know, like, you can tell a lot about the personality of someone just by telling their, the, the, how the conditions are in their wallet, or, or the glasses or their you know, like little things like that. I was talking to a really good friend of mine yesterday uh, about this new movie, *Malignant*. Mal- Maleficent? What? Is it? Malignant. No,
0: don't get me started on it.
1: <laughs> so she was like, "Oh, how do you, like? Didn't you like? How do you how do you feel about the twist and all that?" And I'm like, "Well, don't it wasn't really it. much of a twist for me. Like, I, I think I saw it everything comment. I'm sorry if I'm giving people spoils." But Don't, no, how-
0: no, you're going to spoil it for me. <laughs> oh, I'm going to spoil it to you
1: too? No,
0: here, here's the thing. I, I started sorry. it last night and I, I remember I, I posted about it on Facebook and I was like, I'm kind of loving this. It feels like a seventies <laughs> um, Italian giallo horror movie right now, which I know isn't going to be some people's back. But my friend like said like, wow, if you're 30 minutes in, just wait for the last 30 minutes. And what did I do? I fell asleep.
1: So, well, there you go <laughs> once so we're done with this i'm gonna go finish it <laughs> but here's the thing uh, and not to give it away but the twist for me was given away because the props and the production design were not handle properly
0: oh okay interesting like
1: there was something there and it was just maybe it was just because like again i do props i was thinking like but wait a minute why didn't do this and then i at the end i realized oh that's why because that's why. So okay. <laughs> I might have so, to start
0: it over now. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it it re- and Because and, it really bothered me from the beginning. Like when I was, look, I kept like telling my wife, but why didn't they do this? And she's like, just keep watching, just move on. And I'm like, I couldn't move on. And yeah, and it just, it was because the twist was there. And it, so I don't know where I was going with that, actually. <laughs>
0: I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head, and I, I kind of had to stop you from spoiling yeah. it. Or I don't know, but like it's all good. Um,
1: but uh, I think what I was wanted, maybe what I was talking about was script writing, maybe because that's a, a big one for me. Stories are very important. It doesn't matter because here's the thing with that movie: production design, fantastic, camera, fantastic. You can tell they spent so much money like they build that entire set of the house like how they do like like you yeah, can tell exactly. all the money that was thrown at that but like they should have thrown a little bit more money to the script
0: <laughs> just, I could I see what you're like saying. I see what it's
1: like a, a few thousand at least a few thousands just to one one more revise to that script but it's I think it's it's actually pretty good it's gonna go like I can tell how the franchise is gonna be built already.
2: <laughs> Interesting. Think it's gonna be a franchise.
1: Oh, for sure. Yes.
2: Is it like scary? Like Hill House is just kind of spooky. No. Is like no. This no.
1: Is... No. 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 This is like um, uh, I gore. Can't, I can't handle this. This, this, is, this is Freddy Krueger kind of like you know, oh. more like Saw. This is like very gore. Like there's, you see the everything.
0: There, there's just something about it. and I remember hearing. Again, I'm I'm touching on the Italian horror film genre, but. Like two years ago, it was James Wan's making a movie inspired by the Italian giallo genre, and I was like, "Okay, James Wan can, that guy can do no wrong right now." So like, once it, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I was into it. I was along for the ride last night. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll see what happens. But
1: <laughs> I mean, it's good. I actually, I love the production design. I really loved it. I loved the police station. It was like we had this like. I don't know if you noticed it, but it had like this, like remember, like Batman Returns kind of like, yeah. like massive warehouse with like marble floors and the pillars, like that gothic feeling. You know, like I loved it. I I love the I, I can't come continue because I don't want to spoil it. But I really, <laughs> good. I I really loved. the i really. I think it's a really good movie. It's just that this the script, man. It just needed a little bit of more more work and I feel you yeah and the performances they're kind of sloppy
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) um I guess you know where what I wanted are you are you fully cast the film I take it uh your film no
1: no we're not we actually just have our main characters yet so far um we are focusing right now on the campaign so uh once we go through that we'll go uh and um cast our moms and the rest of our of our um characters yeah hopefully we can get um uh, ray Dawn because she would be a great mom all right yeah. we can afford her
2: ah. that's where the money comes in yeah
0: well i think i'm, I'm sensing a transition here let's uh mm-hmm. let's just talk about the campaign and just the logistics and you know what y'all are trying to do what are the goals uh trying to reach yeah
1: so our goal is pretty high for a short film i mean it's twenty five thousand dollars, and i think in for a seed and spark campaign that's quite a lot if you go to the to the main um to the to their other campaigns in their website um, ours is probably one of the ones with the highest number but there's a reason there there's like standards i have big standards for what I want to accomplish with my story in the production value. And also I have huge standards for my crew. So it is 25K, but divided in three days of shooting, it's $8,000 or roughly or something like that, right? So that is just for take care of, of our production. Um, given a salary because i believe that everyone should be paid i've done the whole thing that work for free um get reimbursed later um help uh, help me now and i'll help you later or do this for now and and it will get exposure and it, it doesn't work it's not respectful of people's time and People's families' time because this is a job that actually takes people away from their family for a long period of time. So you have to respect that. And that's why I, I'm offering, um, like, everyone in my crew is getting paid from the PAs to, well, not me, but everyone is getting paid. So it, it, it's actually a, a um, it's very important for me and not just getting paid like $50 that source or credit and food and just here $50 for your for your gas. And they're actually getting a salary because here in Massachusetts, first of all, here in Massachusetts, there is a lot of good shows shoot, uh, shooting. Um, so there is a big com- like competition. So because I want to do justice to my story, I need to hire a crew that has the the experience to pull off the ideas that I have. I have really, um, what's the ambitious ideas for my, um, my lighting and um, my production design. And, and there's just something that I can just pull out from someone for $50 credit and food, you know? So, and not that I want to either, like it's not right. So that's why there is $8,000 that I need to spend daily in this short film so we can feel comfortable. And, and it's not like I'm saying, I'm like throwing money away and everyone's just gonna be like, ooh, union show. Cause I'm not even paying rates of union. I'm just being decent for people's experience, people's time and the collaboration. Like I, I, I think that's something Right now, especially especially right now, when we are in the, as a union, we are in, um, in the middle of negotiations with productions and, uh, com- and, and film companies. I'm not gonna be low ball in my career, you know? Like we are asking for um, living wages and that's something that um, I should be offering too. I have this idea in my head that even though this is not like a business, but when you run a business and you do not pay your employees a living wage, it's not a business, it's a scheme. And that's not what I'm trying to run. I am trying to run a legitimate short film that everyone feels satisfied. And more than anything, they wanna come back and work with me again. And they wanna keep doing this because that's the most important thing that we keep doing this because I have so many scripts that I I wanna shoot. (laughs) You
0: know, no, I feel you.
1: So yeah, that's that's why um, we need those twenty five thousand dollars.
0: There, you heard it. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I. I, Well, I'll say this completely on the air. I will. I. um, You guys got what sixteen days left? Yeah,
1: sixteen days.
0: I will um, see what I can muster up. I'll 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 throw you guys a little something something, but I don't know what. But (laughs) I I definitely. I mean, obviously,
2: everything helps.
0: Yeah, I I've else. been
2: and you know thank you for having us on your show. That's... Yeah, for sure. This yeah, is a big help for us. This is thank a huge help. Thank you for coming challenge. on. Like,
0: but uh, no, I've just I've been through the. I've I've done crowdfunding. I. I've had to get used to, having to ask for money to try and make things. It, I don't want to say it sucks because like if you know you get in the right room, it doesn't suck at all, mm. but. It, I think a good crowdfunding campaign is more than just, you know, me, not me, but someone sitting in front of a chair, pitching something that that's can come after the fact. That's what, that's what podcasts are for or something. But this project definitely seems timely. It definitely seems, even though it takes place, you know, 15 years ago, but it definitely seems timely for now. It's a short. And I think one thing I really love is high production value on shorts. I always find those intriguing. Uh, They they always catch your attention at festivals and whatnot. And, you know, I think a a good amount of money for a short film, I think can go a long way to something else down the road. And obviously there's a whole vision and concept for what you got going on. So I think, I hope, and I, I really do hope, and I'm sure something will come of, what you two are trying to accomplish here with Thank that. Thank you
1: very much. Yeah. We, we, we are hoping that we can reach our goal and very, very soon. All <laughs> yeah. <right>. We'll see.
0: <laughs> so Louisa Ruth, uh, I don't know. You got any closing things you want to say? Any, please, please, <laughs> please give me more. I don't know. Like, <laughs> whatever y'all want to do. Cause you know, for an hour now it's been, I mean, for just meeting you two for the first time, this has been pretty astonishing. And you two seem to know what you're doing. You're not just throwing something together and saying, please give me money. So I don't know. You got anything you want to?
2: No, we're not. I mean, I think it's been really important to us that our backers um, feel that this is valuable to them, you know, and that they're involved Um you know, we're we're bringing we're having conversations that we're ho- hoping bring values to people, but also a lot of incentives. And we want, you know, to find the people that want to make this movie with us. I mean, yeah, we're begging our family and friends everything <laughs> we get. But uh, you know, uh, we're hoping that this our project, you know, reaches out and touches someone's heart and want, and they want to get involved because it's the right project for them and. Um, I mean, that's what we're working for, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And and especially what you were just saying about um, just now, the we want the audience and everyone that he who is back in our project to feel that we're giving them something valuable, not just like, oh, they're just making helping me do something. And that's why we're having all these conversations um, with. I mean, it. Um, you can go to their, our Instagram and we have all their lives there and you can, we had, we talked with uh, Ray Dong Chong and um, we talked to Marcel um, and we talked to Brett. and there's like all these women that they, they all different from different uh, departments of the media industry. And I think it's very valuable conversation about representation and uh, um, about the industry. So um yeah.
0: All right. Awesome. Well, I wish you two a lot of luck.
1: Thank you very uh, much.
0: I hope I talk Thank to you, you again down the road at some point. Uh maybe when the film's done at a festival or something. I don't know. But um
1: Oh no. yeah. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Oh no, go ahead. Um Follow our seed and spark campaign
0: <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> I was just about to uh, I was just about to get there I was gonna say um, there's a there's a I'll leave a link in the show notes to the seed and spark campaign and you too- yeah and
1: our Instagram which is at um, at Mariana and Lucy you can check all the information there as well we have a link there for the crowdfunding campaign and there's also Again, all the lives that we've been doing, and all the ones that we're still doing next week, um, and the rest of the weeks that we have uh, left of the campaign.
0: All right, no, I'll, I'll definitely have all that in the show notes. Um, please donate. It's a, it's a. I'm not just saying that they didn't pay me anything to like say this. I, I had him on the show for a reason. Um, yeah, no, it's a it's definitely a cool project, and from one guy who's I don't know trying to get his scripts in front of people and trying to get stuff made to you two uh, best of luck and not even just best of luck. Congratulations. It's, it's going to be cool. It's going to be great. Thank
1: you very much. Thank you so much.
0: Many thanks to Louisa and Ruth for coming on the show today. That was a real fun chat. I mean, I had never met them before. And so I was just kind of going in blind, even though I was a fan of what they were doing. So it was really cool that they wanted to come on and just tell you about their project And like I said at the top of the show, if you look in the show notes, you can make a donation to their project at seedandspark.com. I believe they have about two weeks left on the campaign. I plan to throw them a little cash just to keep the project going. I'm also in no way affiliated with the film. I'm just a fan who reached out and I ended up being really wowed by the passion that these two women have. So, again, if you dug what you saw and Please make a donation. If you can't even make a donation, just, I don't know, talk about it on social media. They'll love it. They're on Instagram every night having a great live Instagram show about the project. I'll be plugging this project from time to time. I really dig it. I think I've said that enough already. So, with that being said, we'll be back on Monday. Today was kind of a bonus episode, but kind of not. It was just a second episode. I really wanted to get to air and have you guys listen in before their campaign ended. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see you Monday. Have a good weekend, everybody.